Welcome to the third episode of Business 420, a mini-series where we share some insights on the marijuana industry and also help you grow a strong mindset. With that being said, I would love to first tell you all what we are about to do today. I'm about to share a conversation I had with my employer, whose name I'm not permitted to disclose. This person has spent his life building and creating brands. He has fulfilled major roles for big brands and is currently partners in some big restaurants. As mentioned in the previous episode, the big plan for me after say five to six years is to slowly and steadily enter this hospitality industry. Thus, having this conversation with someone so influential in the industry was something I did not want to miss on. If you ask me personally, I was so nervous, and I'm pretty sure you will be able to hear that. Following up with the meeting and asking for permissions from a person who I see as successful was the most difficult part for me. This fear of mine was relevant because it was the very first time I was conducting an interview slash meeting. Secondly, his idea in my head was so powerful that his presence made me feel a little insecure. I know all of these were negative feelings, and thus I was trying to avoid and forget about it. so that the meeting could proceed smoothly next you will hear mine and my employer's voice i apologize for any mistakes in the audio it's just something that i want to do i could either pitch it to you or you could go through it sure either way you, it, the way you like agreed. it sure also i forgot to let you all know that you will hear me narrating whenever necessary for example this is when he read my industry overview and the conversation went on I would argue that it's not only growing on pace, but it's it's exploding. Exactly. Almost a lot of people are referring to it as the the uh, 20th century gold rush. Exactly. So exactly. there's there's a lot there, but consequent consequently with that, the competitions. Mm-hmm. It's also a very gray area, like at least for now. Yes. Um, that's why I have like I have this one very. Um, important concept in this whole plan is like timing yeah and i emphasize on it because i feel like that's my unfair advantage because i have time on me okay um i know for a fact like uh things are going to get are going to ease up eventually around Absolutely. like the laws okay, around it yeah it's like people need a place to smoke up like how everyone needs a bar to drink so yeah absolutely um, and that's that i think is an industry that's still has an opportunity for growth. Right. I think dispensaries are quickly being scooped up exactly. and, and nailed down as medical dispensaries, so it's going right. to be diff- more and more difficult mm-hmm. to do like mom and pop shops. Now right. that being said, um, having the ability to have like a hookah smoke lounge mm-hmm. alongside maybe like a small sandwich mm-hmm. shop, I think there's a good opportunity good op- there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just not sure where they're at in right. terms of marrying those two together. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also this one thing that's uh, being like that's in my head is that once this timing hits like once the laws are easily like you know things get easier for people to get into this uh industry i know that there are big players in the market who will like yep. who are just waiting for this chance to like come up and they have all the resources and absolutely st- shop like they can sh- start something overnight yep. um that's where i think i need to put in like around 3 or 4 years of like just research and development yeah development like i yeah. um i also have put a point in there um where i think um until the laws don't like relax we can start like a cafe where 
that's themed on 420 that sells accessories like rolling trays, books, stuff yeah, like that, absolutely. seeds, uh, bongs, and yeah. um, not actual weed yeah. or stuff like that. Nothing no that flour, can get, yeah, no nothing that can get you into trouble. Yeah. Um, edibles. One thing in edibles is that um, the cost of making them is really high. Yeah. Um, not adequate for a startup and very heavily governed right now <laughs> exactly inconsistency with right. so thinking of like opening up a small shop that first caters to you know kind of the idea of the it. idea of a stoner's palette yeah. with the exception of actually having the exactly. product available yeah. so having like you said some of those accessories and maybe some really sweet treats and some different exactly, things that yeah. are really attractive like to people like offer sales uh, a lot of like online marketing i know like young people will get into it yeah online marketing I encourage is... you to do localized as much as you can or try to create it in a way that it's bringing in elements from different areas around the world that right. might not necessarily be found here right so let's say there's uh like I encourage you to do research in California because mm -hmm. they have a huge marijuana industry there and, and you could probably find um, specific companies that sell merchandise that maybe aren't available here. Right. Maybe you can work with them to have that product brought mm -hmm. in and you can sell it at a premium to the Canadian. In the very next segment, we were discussing about supply and the source of our raw materials needed to get a cafe started. So if we can get people who are struggling and who want to go in there, like someone like me, um, we can like get help for supplies from there, I, yep. I think. What is your product? Um, it's just gonna be... Okay, he got me here. I wasn't prepared for this question so early in our meeting. I knew what my product was. I had practiced my pitch over and over again before I met him. But as you guys will be able to tell, I messed it up a little bit. A space where people can come together. Um, you have a name? Yeah, I was thinking of Mary Jane. That's awesome. Yeah. Mary Jane, yeah. Uh, Mary Jane Cafe, Cafe or something accessories. like that. Yeah, something yeah, like that's, that. That's good because that'll be catchy. I like that. I, I would encourage you to put Mary Jane in there and have that so it just gives you yeah, I, to speak to each other. I, I swear, this morning I typed it out and I backspaced it. I was like... Oh, okay. <laughs> I was going to say, with your executive summary, the important thing there is that it it captures your mission, your vision. Right. It, it, it's basically... The idea of an executive summary is it summarizes your entire business plan right. in like two paragraphs right. or less. Perfect, right? perfect. So yeah. you want to simplify it, but you want to encapsulate everything that you're looking right. to do uh -huh. and capture the audience. Next, showing his generosity, he lets me read a business plan he made a while ago. This was a great way for me to understand the difference between a rookie's work and a well-established businessman's work. I scanned through and asked doubts. You'll hear those next. About these sales projections, that's really interesting to me. Um, so, you come up with these numbers with like some calculations or is it absolutely yeah so yeah, I mean, is, it, is it totally like assumption based on like 100 yeah. percent. yeah you need a figure to go off of right like see yeah so the way i look at it is with a business mm -hmm. if you're going to invest in a business you want to be able to make that return on your equity so the equity is the money you put in to build it so for instance this store cost a million bucks right how long is it going to take me to pay off that million bucks mm -hmm. that's the most important thing right if it takes me 
five to ten years, that's mm -hmm. a really long-term return on equity. Right. But if I can condense that to four years, which mm -hmm. means we'd have to make essentially a quarter of a million dollars a year, a year. that's a good return. Mm -hmm. So that's the goal, right? Right. So when you're creating a business like this, there's going to be so many factors that come into play, and I can help you with like a performa and like some financial right. support as time goes by. But the big thing is, is you're going to have to look at what's it going to cost you. And the best way to do that is yeah. get research from other similar businesses. Just gain some research. Mm -hmm. What's what's the average marijuana shop cost to open right. for right. supply and stuff like that? I would think you could probably open a retail store if you're going to incorporate food. I think you could probably do it for us. Depending on the size of the location. I came up with, um, I did a little research on that and I have documents where it says like it takes about 2500 for um, licensing and then whatever the rental and leasing applies and stuff like yeah. that. So to kick start it, I came up to a rough figure of like 80k or... 80 yeah, for Kickstarter yeah. you could probably get going with the branding and stuff, but you're not yeah. going to materialize a store right. at that price. At that price. No, Unless you adopted a store that was already existing and you could like get yeah. used furniture um, and stuff. Exactly. For for location, I have been thinking about the cost cutting. So I've read about like auctions. Okay. Uh, there, are, there are auctions. A uh, company called Able Auctions. Um, A-B-L-E Auctions. A-B-L-E. Okay, sweet. They're great. You can find tons of restaurant equipment there and stuff. Exactly. So I was thinking about auctions. I was thinking about like secondhand uh, decor shops. Yeah, you know what a great way is to find that is through schools. Schools get rid of a lot of their um, old furniture at a, a really great price. Uh -huh. So reaching out to high school, do you have any old furniture that you don't use that you're looking to sell or just get rid of? Like mm -hmm. teach, like like tables and chairs from a classroom, you can repaint them and right. refurbish them. Right. Um, but um, used stores, absolutely, secondhand. The, the only reason why I'm not worried about the initial investment in it is because I have time on my Good. hand. I have, I know it's going to take patience yeah. at, at like a next level, no matter absolutely. if I want to do it tomorrow. I yeah. Like, I really want to, but I know I can't. So, um, this is the biggest part in it that I know I have time and I can keep looking for like of course. cheaper ways to do it. Of course. Um, also, like shops that were once a kitchen, you know, that yeah. have like ventilation. That's or a great idea. That's, that'll be um, a huge benefit to you. Yeah, so leasing something like that, so would probably save me tons of money and like. Yeah. At this point, I was feeling so pumped. It almost felt like I'm not a 20 year old living an ordinary life. I know it sounds a little too much, but just sitting and chatting with someone I admire and planning about something bigger than myself, Ah, oh, that feeling is inexpressible. Okay, let's get back to the audio. Yeah, so um, when I start seeing how I can like cut cost, yeah. I see it can be done in about three and four years of like proper research. Like as soon as something comes up on like say able auctions, you know. Yeah. Um, acquire that. Yeah, acquire product. that. Like just keep grabbing. Whatever. So where would you store it until you have a space? Because that's going to cost you money. I just had to admit I hadn't thought about storage. Another blunder. That, that is, that is. Um, there's a lot of things I haven't thought about. I that's would focus, true. if I were you, I would focus first on creating a business plan. Mm -hmm. Kind of like I was starting to show you there right. at the West Coast Crapery. Um, so like a comprehensive business plan right. that talks about your 
goals, your your vision for the brand, like your right. I, I have this um, written down, like. I, the points of the business plan that I know are going to go in <laughs> the MJ Cafe. Oh, great. This is when we just started comparing our main headers for the business plan. I wanted to use this time as much as I could and hence thought maybe I will get another insight, which I very well did. So just want to run them through you. So our executive summary, product and services, mission and vision statement, then job roles and responsibilities. Yeah. Um, a SWOT analysis. It's always great. Um, a market analysis of how the market is. Yeah. Uh, sales and marketing strategy or sales forecast. Yeah. Um, so that could be like also, a performer. Yeah. Yeah. Also like a publicity and advertising strategy, like how we are going to market the whole cafe. And it's a great idea. Everything. Those can dovetail together mm -hmm. as your marketing plan. Exactly. And then like our and then the pricing strategy, like why I believe. Yep. A certain dish should be priced at that or a certain yep. thing should be. Absolutely. Uh, or why I'm asking what I'm asking for. Great. Um, and then the expenditure is going to come through like the budget yep. of what's going to happen. So I've started slowly and probably going to reach out to the end and everything's going to get figured out. By yeah. Then. I mean, that's very similar to what I have here. Like if you look, I've got my executive summary, mm -hmm. my company description, mm -hmm. which is nice and simple, my mission, which is nice and simple, just encapsulates everything. Right. My market overview, so it just talks about what the market can retain in terms right. of the crepe business. Site selection process. So, um, I don't think I have anything in there yet, but anyways, this talks a little bit about our online presence, capturing the market, how do we plan to capture the market, um, like what sets us apart from our competition, why will people buy from us, right. our core values for the company. So I think wow. that's- Insight alert. That wow came from me being amazed. Core values of the company? Another thing I missed on, the importance of following certain values is explained in the audio further. That's really important. Why is it you're doing what you're doing? I think in today's, today's um, world, mm. it's really important to effective your business that gives back or supports people. Exactly. There's a way you can do that, whether it be, hey, 1% of our sales go towards helping people um, in addiction recovery right. because you're working with a substance that used to be illegal now right. it's legal right. but there's still people out there that utilize marijuana right. to help get them yeah. off potentially harder drugs right. so maybe you could dovetail those in like maybe there's an organization in Victoria that is very mm -hmm. focused right. towards supporting people in addiction and recovery and maybe a portion of your sales can go to that that's right. a great way to build a brand. Um, I remember you telling me last time like to focus on community. Yes. And the more you focus on the community. Absolutely. Is, um, so I have written well, about... Well, I mean, you've seen it succeed here with our, our... I have. Next, he went through my staffing strategy. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. I love the idea of including employees that have, you know, their own individuality and their own uniqueness. I think, right. I think in today's world, having a more of a mainstream staff structure is, is really... It's um, very not supportive. Like, yeah, exactly. Also, also, like in an industry like this, I feel like people really need to be more of what they are or who they are. Absolutely. Yeah. This is my product. My product is a safe space for like people to come and enjoy. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I mean, I, I'd, I'd be careful how you blend the lines there because if right. you're calling it a safe space, it almost feels like it's a escape from problems in the world. But right. I, I mean, I, I would encourage you to kind of think more along the lines like. We are a community-based eatery mm -hmm. that 
supports the sale of marijuana products while providing a safe space for people to come and dine and, and right. feel comfortable being high and enjoying some good comfort food. You know right. what I mean? I, right. think, I think there's just, it's, it's a way of how you present yeah, it. Yeah, because like, yeah, a safe space is like too much of freedom given to someone. Like yeah, that. yeah. They could make out anything out of it, I guess. Exactly, yeah. So, and, and I think the way you support the fact that a portion of your profits go towards helping mm-hmm. um, out your community. Right. So I, I think a really good way to do that is like, hey, listen, for every, let's say you have one dish on your menu that's a hot seller. It's like our mad dog. Or something. Right. From one dollar of every mad dog sold goes to mm-hmm. the Umbrella Society, which is an addiction and recovery center right. in Victoria. Mm-hmm. That's a great way. Because right away you're going to get the cross promotion. That company is going to be more motivated to promote you. Right. And secondarily to that, you're providing a need for the community, which is going to drive more people in to want to support you. Right. So I think it's really important to put those two together. At this moment, I realized how it takes someone with experience just one meter or 15 minutes to not only understand a business plan, but to verbally explain it back. I was truly in awe of how well he understood my half-cooked business plan. Mm-hmm. In terms of your food operation side of things, I think one of the most important things I've ever learned in business is called the KISS theory. Have you ever heard of it? No, I haven't. Mm-hmm. Which is keep it simple. That's all oh, it is. Sweet. And so many people fail to do that. Because mm-hmm. as a young entrepreneur like yourself, you start a business and you say, okay, this is what I want to do, right? right. This is my foundation. Mm-hmm. But as time goes by, you see other people doing other things, and you think, oh, wow, that would be neat to incorporate in. Next thing you know, by the time you open, you have a very convoluted, very overwhelming platform, right? right. And that can confuse your customer base. Right. So what you want to do is narrow it in, keep it simple, mm-hmm. and have a really direct product-to-consumer experience. Right. So this is the product that we're looking to sell. This is the reason why we believe it will sell. Mm-hmm. And, and it's not overwhelming. It's not right. some broad menu of things. We have a really nice display cabinet that features some really neat products from around the around the US and Canada that right. are specific to marijuana. And then we have some, you know, three to four really nice dishes on our menu that are comfort based mm-hmm. that, you know, we get from the products from local growers and stuff like that. And it's just an opportunity for you to come dine with us and enjoy a nice restful right. experience while you're high or not. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and have a opportunity to buy some cool merchandise along right. the way. Don't do your best as you go. Try to keep going back to the fact that you want to keep it simple. Keep it simple. Because the larger you go in scale, the more expensive it's going to cost, the more risk you're going to incur, and uh, frankly, the more opportunity of it failing, in my opinion, becomes very elevated. Next, since we were getting along so well, I decided to place one of my insecurities and ask for his perspective. I remember telling him, I don't have the resources, big players do. Should I be worried about someone stealing my idea and executing it overnight? This is what he had to say. You think, I think mm-hmm. if, as long as you have a product that you are confident will sell and is, is, is uh, you know, palpable to the climate that you're operating mm-hmm. in, I think you'll, you'll move that. And I think right. people will see that. And if you have a good uh, community-based platform that you work off of, I think people will be willing to support you. And even if another company comes in, in in another area and tries to copycat you, I think as long as you stay true to your values and ensure right. that you're 
providing that experience you set out to do in the beginning, I think ultimately you will succeed and people recognize that it's a copycat. Right. That makes sense. Like we get that, right? Like already we have lots of businesses that are looking at doing like any topping pizzas, yeah. right? But they, they quickly find it's a very challenging model to mimic. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, you know, it's it, we have such a good solidified brand in terms of what we're offering and the messaging right. behind it uh -huh. that not a lot of people have want to take the risk to try to copy us. That's right. So as long as you have that kind of a, a really grounded and, and uh, really clear message and in, in, in a great platform, I, mm -hmm. I, I think it'll be difficult for people to do um, that. What do you think about this overall? Like, I think it's uh, great. I think it's a great starting point. I think you get a lot to do. That, folks, is the end of our meet. Later, he got busy with his tight schedule and me, well, I was conducting this interview slash meeting before my regular shift. Thus, I ended my day at the restaurant. For the second part of the podcast, I want to do something different today. I'll talk about a trait that I see in my employer and believe every entrepreneur needs to take it seriously. The number one trait I see in him is humility and therefore I'll talk about being humble today. Being humble is a way to keep learning. If you let your achievements bring an ego with you, then it's sad. Only maybe you will grow from there. Once you've lost humility, the process of learning stops because the thought of I know it all arises. This thought for not only an entrepreneur but for any person is like putting a lid to learning. We get a chance to learn something new every day. All the time we spend scrolling through media can be used in so many different ways. Not that media is bad. Everyone deserves a break and scrolling through memes is a good stress buster. However, setting a time limit and using recreation as recreation purely is vital. Ask yourselves this, how many of you are awake for a good 15 to 30 minutes before you get out of the bed? I'm guessing a lot of you. I would love to end this episode now on the note of being humble and never saying no to learning. Learning leads to growing. You don't have to go to a school or college, you just need to learn. And with that people, I would love to end tonight's episode. Thank you all for listening, stay safe, keep blazing.